This is Light of the Word. So let me ask you a question. In your friendship, are you reaching out or do you expect them to call you? Pastor Steve Mays says it's time for us to start taking responsibility for building unwavering friendships. If you're reaching out, God has started something very wonderful in your life. You're beginning to be a blessing to other people. This is Light of the Word, the legacy ministry of Pastor Steve Mays, winning and encouraging people with the teaching of God's Word from Calvary Chapel, South Bay in Gardena, California. So follow the light of the Word. You know, it's been said that some people prefer to make enemies instead of friends, simply because it's less trouble. It's true that real friendships can be hard work, not always good times or smooth sailing, but the benefits far outweigh the trouble. That's in most cases true. Today, we hear the late Pastor Steve Mays with four requirements for building unwavering friendships. It's good insight, picked up from the Apostle Paul's advice to young Timothy. Let's listen. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, 17, and 18. And if you're taking notes, you can jot down unwavering friendship unwavering friendship. Very interesting passage. He says, the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me. Now underline, he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains or he was not afraid to come in prison and see me in bondage. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. So he was disciplined. He was searching. He was looking. Then the blessing, Paul begins to pray, and the Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in the day, and in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus. And there's the key. How many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus thou knowest very well. So the knoweth thou very well would be Timothy. So Paul now is telling Timothy, Timothy, you know much better than I do about this man because he's been in your fellowship and he's been by my side and I have witnessed his love in Ephesus. I have experienced his compassion in Rome And I am going to write you and tell you this is the type of a friendship you need to go after in your life. And this is the type of a man or a woman that you need to ask God to make you in these very last days in which we live. And so a friend in need. And the thing that fascinates me about this story is that he had enough understanding to know Paul was in trouble. He knew that Paul needed a friend. We read later on that all of Asia turned against Paul. And we also read a little bit later on that Demas forsook Paul. 
And Luke only now was there to minister to his physical needs. There was no one else. And I want to talk to you just for a moment about this. Because when you serve God this long in your life, and you have paid the price and been beaten some five different times was he whipped. Five different times was he beaten with rods. Three different times he was shipwrecked. A night and a day he spent in the Mediterranean. He was stoned at Lystra. He was thrown out of over every single city he went into. And even the church in Jerusalem didn't trust him. And the body of Christ didn't really know what to make of him because he had killed Christians. He had thrown him in jail. And all of a sudden, we find that God called this man. And God said to him, Paul, I'm going to show you the things you're going to suffer for my name's sake. Now listen, I'm going to show you the things you're going to suffer for my name's sake. And one of that suffering isn't just beatings, but it's emotional heartache in your life. It's having people ripped out of your life. It's going through devastating times. But the difference of this man and us is this man had the ability to see God in every situation. And he was willing to go into prison and give up his life. He wasn't concerned about his own nature. He had one thing on his mind. Someone needed to help Paul. And I want to tell you personally that every one of you need a friend. And every one of you, including myself, need help from time to time. And your friends are very few in life. If you get three or four in your whole lifetime, you're doing really well. Oh, there are a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people that you kind of help each other. They minister to you, you minister to them. But this man gives to me something of the character of friendship. And it can be applied for me and my life to my family, to my wife, to be a friend to her. Or it can apply to me and my children, how I'm to love them and go after them. Or it can apply to a broken relationship. In other words, I never want to give up on any relationship ever in my life. Relationships are valuable. And no doubt, this guard who was watching Paul understood a little bit about Paul. Something was different this time in Paul's life. You remember, Paul was the one with Silas who sang in prison. And Paul was having a difficult time. People were leaving, no one standing. Things were beginning to cave in. Pressure now beginning to build. He didn't know what to do. And I imagine this guard looking into Paul's life probably wished that someone would come and visit this man. But no one came. Until this day, a man came, and his name was Onesiphorus. He walked in, and Paul just kind of probably exploded. Hey, how are you doing? And it was a wonderful time. They embraced and they talked and they fellowshiped and he took off. And the jailers probably said to Paul, how are you doing? Paul says, I'm doing great. What happened? He said, I was hungry and he fed me. And I was thirsty. He gave me drink. I was naked and he clothed me. 
I was weak, and he strengthened me. I was fearful, and he helped me, but he was here. No one else would come, but he came into my tribulation, into my trouble. And what happens in the body of Christ is when we see trouble, we run the other way. We don't want to get involved any more than we have to because of our own personal problems in our life. And that's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit starts, that God fills you and begins to fill you with this spirit that you want to do something, you want to give. And all of a sudden, you become not a hindrance, but a blessing to the work of God. Let me give you four things I believe can really help you in your marriage, in your single life at home, if you will just jot these four things down in your life. And I see him right here in a very powerful way. Number one, he goes on to say he was willing to reach out. This man was willing to reach out. Secondly, I find not only was he willing to reach out, but he was also willing to risk all. In other words, when you have a great friend, you're willing to risk everything for this friendship. And then number three, he was willing to rise up and take action, to look diligently, to search, to find out. And lastly, this is the key, he was willing to receive himself. In other words, Paul at the very end said, may God bless him. Now, it's never a friendship if all you do is give. Friendship needs to be giving and receiving. It needs to be you ministering and receiving from both ends of life. So I give to my children, I receive from my children. I give to my wife, I receive from my wife. I give to you, I receive from you. It might be constructive criticism. It might be an area of my life that's not right. It might be something my wife sees or my children might have against me, but I'm open. And friendships that are not open will never make it into the depth of areas of our life. So let's look at these. It's kind of fun in these verses. So number one, the characteristics. First of all, willing to reach out. It says in verse 16, the Lord gave mercy into the house of Onesiphorus. He gave mercy and he refreshed me. Let's stop right there. The word refresh means to be a breath of fresh air. It means that God was now going to do something in Paul's life. Paul was at a point in his life that he needed good news. He needed to be refreshed. He needed to be encouraged. And friendship cannot be critical. It needs to be building up, but it needs to be encouraging. You're doing a great job. God's helping you. God's ministering. In other words, we tell our children what to do, but very few times in our life do we show them how to do it. First of all, friendship needs to be reaching out. Now, Jesus said that he came from heaven to earth to reach out. He wanted to be part of your life. He wanted to be part of what God was doing in and through you. So he came to earth to be able to touch you, to speak to you, to help you. So the first thing I see about this attitude of reaching out is an attitude. In other words, somewhere in his mind, God put in his heart to go see Paul. It was there. 
There was something that he knew he had to get outside of himself. He had to be willing to risk it all. He had to go into Rome and see this man, Paul. In other words, nothing was more important than for him reaching out. And sometimes that's exactly what your children, your spouse, or your friends need. They need someone to jump into their life, to take the pain, to take the sorrow, to take the suffering. They need to know that someone is willing to embrace them, hold them up. And that's what his name means. It means to be a bearer. It means to be profitable. And that is the symbol of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If I'm taking, that is not according to God's word. I need to give. I need to help. I need to support. This man was reaching out. So let me ask you a question. In your friendship, are you reaching out or do you expect them to call you? Are you making the difference or do you expect them? Are you saying to yourself, I want a perfect wife or are you going to be the perfect mate? Where does it start with the responsibility in my life? I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to reach out to my children. As a guy, I need to know where they go to school. Start right there. Well, I know where they go to school. Do you know the teachers? Well, that's my wife's responsibility. It's your responsibility. You need to go down, talk to those teachers, understand what they're doing. In other words, if you're reaching out, God has started something very wonderful in your life. You're beginning to be a blessing to other people. And so he once again was willing to reach out to this man, Paul. He was willing to go anywhere, do anything, be anything to take care of Paul the apostle. And I think the great thing I want to say before we move on is he understood Paul was in trouble. And I think that when you're a great friend, you understand your wife's in trouble or your husband's in trouble or your business partner's in trouble. You see it. You sense it. You know it. Why? Because you love them and you're committed to them. And that which you're committed to, you're going to know. God's going to show you. But if you don't see it and you don't know it, then all of a sudden it might be Because what's most important in your life is yourself. Look at your children. Look at your spouse. Look at this dating relationship. Look at the church. Look at the world in which you live. God, give me a mind and a heart to be a friend to those who you want. Help me to reach out. Secondly, I find not only was he willing to reach out, but he was also willing to risk all. He was willing to risk all. Now, what do I mean by that? Notice he says in verse 16, he was not ashamed of my chains or my bonds. We know that Nero was in charge of Rome. We also know that millions of Christians died under Nero. Nero was after Paul. He had Paul. Now, who in the world would go see Paul? No one in their right mind but he understood what was going to be involved in this friendship. I might lose my life. I might lose my family. I might lose my position. I might lose it all, but he needs a friend. And I think sometimes we stop short because we want to protect ourselves. And I want to suggest to you that God's responsibility is to protect you. God will watch over you. 
If God has told you to go, you need to go. And he knew he could give up his freedom. He could be taken in as a prisoner. He knew that he could be killed. He also knew that his family might be persecuted. He also knew that this would, might be the last time of his whole life, but it was a calculated decision. Paul was in trouble. And I just pray that somewhere in our hearts, if we sense someone is in trouble, we'll go. Let me tell you why. Jesus knew that you and I were in trouble. He looked down and understood that we were without Christ, without God, alienated. We were in sin. Christ came down and he reached out. He didn't talk about politics or the Republicans or the Democrats. He didn't really care about that. He cared about one thing and one thing only. What would destroy humanity? Sin. And God dealt with it. It cost him his life. He knew it. He knew exactly what God was going to call of his life, but he was willing to pay the price. And the reason why? He'd have you in heaven later on. He is the best friend you will ever have in your life. He is the greatest lover of your soul. He is the greatest friend in the time of need, and he's the best friend when things are going great. And yet, we have such a difficult time with relationships. We don't know really how to have fun with Christ or enjoy the friendship or really, really see what he's done. Well, I want to follow his example, and I believe this man was. He reached out. He was willing to risk very powerfully suffering. And you know, the Bible says in Hebrews that the Lord was willing to be part of your life. He was not ashamed to call you brethren. Remember that verse? He's not ashamed to call you brethren. Oh, Lord, if you knew me, you'd be ashamed. He wasn't ashamed. He'll identify with you. 35 years ago, he took me out of the street. He picked me up, long hair, beard, rugged, bullet through my leg. This is my son. Aren't you proud of him? Oh, man. Is that the best you can do? Oh, wait till I get done with him. You see, God's not afraid to identify with you. Never, ever be afraid to identify with your kids or your family. Be willing to reach out. Number three, so fun. Willing to rise up. I like this in verse 17. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. In other words, he means I was willing to reach out, send a letter. I was willing to kind of risk and kind of ask questions where Paul might be. But this is where everything hits the road. Now he's saying, I'm in Rome. And I'm beginning to go from store to store, house to house, business to business, government to government. I'm trying to find this guy named Paul. And the more he asked, the more he put himself in danger. But he was not going to stop. He is saying, a friend of mine is in prison. No one's going. I need to go. His wife, are you sure? I need to go. What about us? I need to go. He needs help. Okay. You mean you're going to reach out? I'm going to reach out. You're going to have to pay the price. I'm willing to pay the price. I'm here in Rome. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to find him. I'm not leaving till I find out exactly what's going on. I'm determined to solve this issue in my life. I'm going to change. I'm going to find him no matter what the cost is. And let me tell you what happens. God rewards it. Number four. 
Not only was he willing to rise up, but number four, he's willing to receive. Notice verse 18. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in the day and how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus. So cool, thou knoweth very well. In other words, listen, God blessed him. And this is what Paul said, Lord, would you honor him? Would you bless him? Would you reward him? And would you have mercy on him and his household? God, you know how he took care of me at Ephesus and how he took care of me in Rome. Lord, would you bless him? And you know something? God did. And every time you become a friend, I believe that God blesses your life. And there have been some here. I mean, we have a gal that likes to make me fish, Jamaica fish. And when you get done eating the salmon, you feel like Jamaica. And the fried bananas, and she just somehow knows when gal's gone, and I get these great salmon dinners. And it's just kind of a neat thing. She's, both of them have been such a good friend just to bring me food. Well, why would that help you? Well, I'm studying. I'm not eating. I mean, it's just, it's just nice to sit down and have a nice dinner. They've become like a, a second mom here. And those are the types of friends we need. So what is it? If I have all this and I do this and I have this business, I have all these ministries, I write all these books, but I'm, I have no friends. So for me, this is what has to be the destiny of my life. I need to reach out to Kevin. And second, I need to risk. I need to give up a little bit and let him risk. And then third, I need to rise up and be honest. And then I need to reward him for what he's done. You see, when I think that way, it's not about Steve Mays. It's not about what I've done. I now become a messenger of God and I'll leave you with this one last thought. Paul needed to be ministered to. And if Paul needed to be ministered to, we need to be ministered to. And it's no relationship when all I do is give, I never receive. It's a two-way street. So God help us to have great friends. The late Pastor Steve Mays encouraging us to reach out, risk, rise up, and be willing to receive from our friends. A good foundation for building unwavering friendships. Now, if you just joined us partway through, you can always catch the rest of what you heard today, as well as this series that we started last week, right there at our website, lightoftheword.org. Just by clicking the archive button, you can hear the rest of the radio messages from First and Second Timothy. And this is just a sneak preview, by the way. If you liked what you've been hearing so far, ask for the Timothy series when you call us at 1-800-339-WISE. We have the entire series in CD or MP3 format, whichever one you'd like. Again, ask for the Timothy series when you write to us at Light of the Word, Box 300, Torrance, California, 90507. You can also simply request this particular message. It's called Unwavering Friendship. We'll send it to you right away. Again, call 1-800-339-WISE or check it out at lightoftheword.org. Society, it seems like we're seeing a me-first mentality being pushed and even celebrated more and more all the time. 
pro athletes touting themselves as the best, celebrities living their own soap opera lifestyles, and the media glorifying every second of it. Imagine if we brought an infamous biblical character like Samson into this day and age. What reality show do you suppose he'd be on? In Pastor Steve's book, Crossing the Line, we see a completely arrogant and self-centered Samson living the same kind of lifestyle that we see in the news today. But it's also a story of redemption, as we see him crossing the line in the right direction, back to God in the end. It's a reminder to us that it's never too late to turn to God and surrender ourselves, giving glory with our words, our actions, and our time, and our treasure. That's the life God has designed for us, and the book Crossing the Line lays out the blueprints of how we can live a victorious life by forfeiting. We win by losing our own selfish will and choosing God's will over our own. And this book, Crossing the Line, is part of a special three-book offer we're making available, along with the book Choices and Pastor Steve's autobiography, Heartbeat from Hell. It's his own Samson story of a life plagued with physical and substance abuse going from gangster to God after being shot and left for dead. It chronicles the life of a man who crossed the line and then had a 30-year ministry giving the glory back to God. You'll get all three books for about the price of one. Remember to ask about this special trio of books when you call us at 1-800-339-WISE or check it out when you visit online, lightoftheword.org. We're so thankful you're listening. Hope you join us next time as we start a series called This Is Your Hour. Hope to have you back here for that next time on Light of the Word. Light of the Word. Follow the light.